Welcome to the Vineyard Church Weekly Message Podcast. We hope that you will be encouraged and challenged today as you listen to a message from one of our speakers. Prepare your heart and get ready to receive a word from God today. Hello, everybody. I'm Steve Huffman. I'm one of the pastors on staff here at the church. Oh, you all are excited. I love that. Hey, we're going to be in the book of 2 Samuel 24. We're going to jump right in tonight. So 2 Samuel 24, grab a Bible, or you can use your smartphone. That's fine as well, 2 Samuel 24. While you're getting there, I have a question, though. So this last Tuesday was my sister's birthday. I have an older sister, and uh, early in the morning, I wanted to pop out on social media and just uh, do a quick happy birthday. I was going to call her later, but just a quick happy birthday. And I don't know if you realize this, but on Facebook, up in the upper right, it tells you how many of your friends have birthdays. Did you know that? Yes? Yeah. And so what I realized is I had four other friends that had birthdays. And so I thought, what do I do with that? So here's the question I'm posing to all of us. What do you do with a social media, Facebook-like birthday reminder? Are you the type of, how many people in here just ignore them? Are there any, boy, somebody was really like, yes, I ignore that. How many of you do the sort of obligatory, right on their wall, happy birthday? Whoa, that took a lot of effort from you guys, right? So you you think about that. What about, you know what, since that's sort of just run of the mill, going through the motions, what about how many of us text them? Whoa, 30 seconds worth of effort, right? It got me thinking about how I celebrate other relationships and birthdays like this. You remember the old days? I'm going to age myself just a minute. You remember the old days when you went to the mailbox and you'd get a happy birthday card that was handwritten? Some of you have not seen these, right? They're handwritten, happy birthday. And so I was thinking about this, so should I do that for my Facebook friends? And I thought, you know, I wouldn't remember their birthday because I got to know like three days ahead. I got to spend money on a, you know how much a stamp is? 55 cents. That's a sacrifice. Four bucks for a card? I got to remember the birthday? I just don't do that anymore. And I'm thankful for those that do. My father-in-law, he's 90. He's still, part of his job is he handwrites happy birthday cards to people. Mails them all around the country. If you peeked into our house anytime during the week, he's probably handwriting a card. He stops off at the post office to get his 55-cent stamp and sends it. You know why? Because he realizes... That if it's a relationship, he should invest in it. He should make a sacrifice for that relationship. Does that make sense? So I want to go back to my sister for just a second. I didn't just blow my sister off because I thought, you know what? Relationships, you should sacrifice for some of your closest relationships, even your family. And so this is a quick picture of my phone. I actually called my sister 10 times. On her birthday. Now, I didn't, like, I wasn't annoying, that that annoying brother, right? It was, I kept going, calling her, and it would either go busy or uh, uh, go to her voicemail. And so I finally got a hold of her and had a great conversation. But the reality is, close relationships we should sacrifice for. We should invest in. And I want to make a shift in the room. Do you agree with that? Yes. So if you agree with that, what about the closest relationship we should have with God? 
How are we doing sacrificing there? Now, I just want to be really transparent tonight because when I was thinking through this whole sacrifice to God, it's our closest relationship, you know where my brain went? My brain went to, we don't sacrifice animals anymore. Thank goodness. Like you go to the Old Testament, if you mess up, uh, you you have to sacrifice an animal for God or animals, and and it's super messy. And there's other sacrifices like fellowship sacrifices. It's just incredibly complex system. And thank you, God, for sending Jesus as the ultimate sacrifice for our sins. Amen? Amen. So we don't have to sacrifice animals. And so I have this sort of mental gymnastics If God's supposed to be my closest relationship, I want to sacrifice for him. What does that even mean, post-Jesus? And so I want to highlight three scriptures that I run across. These are from the New Testament. And I just want to highlight that sacrificing for God is still a thing. Here, look at this. Hebrews 13, 15. It says this, through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise. The fruit of lips that openly profess his name. Worship is a, should be a sacrifice. We just did that at the beginning of the service. Worship is a way that we can sacrifice to God. What about this? Many of you know this. Financially, Philippians 4.18. This is Paul writing to people that have financially supported him in his ministry. He says, I've received full payment and have more than enough. I'm amply supplied now that I've received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent. They are, look at this. They're a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice pleasing to God. Your financial investment is a sacrifice pleasing to God. What about this? Romans 12, 1 through 2. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. Our entire life is a sacrifice. If you're a Christian, it's part of the deal. Sacrificing didn't stop with Jesus, it continues after that. And, and I want to highlight this one sentence. And I saw this this week, and it made me sort of stop in my tracks. This is how someone described this. If we want to know how meaningful our religion is, we should count up what it's costing us. And that'll be a good indicator. Can we think about that for a second? we want to know how meaningful our religion is, we should count up what it's costing us. If I think about the relationship with my closest family, it costs me something. If I think about God, how much is it costing us? The closest relationships should cost us something. I want to come back to this thought in just a minute. We're in a series, and the series is called Facing Your Giants. The spiritual journey of a great warrior, and we're looking at the life of David throughout the summer, and we've spent a lot of time on some of the great things David has done throughout his life, but today, I want to look at this account where David has to make a sacrifice to God, and in it, what I find is a beautiful way to count the cost of some of our closest relationships, so that's my goal today to help us with that. We're going to be in 2 Samuel chapter 24. Hopefully you've got it in front of you. It'll be on the screens. If you don't, follow along. So here's just a quick background where I'm going to pick up. There's a plague going on uh, of the people of Israel, and someone tells David, you need to go and build an altar. 
and make a sacrifice to have this plague go away. And so that's what we're going to read. 2 Samuel chapter 24, verse 18 says this. Are you ready? We're about to read from the Bible. Are you ready? Okay, just making sure. On that day, Gad went to the David and said to him, Go up and build an altar to the Lord on the threshing floor of Aruna the Jebusite. So David went up as the Lord had commanded through Gad. When Aruna looked down and he saw the king, David, and his officials coming toward him, he went out and bowed down before the king with his face to the ground. Aruna said, why has the Lord, the king, come to his servant? Well, to buy your threshing floor, David answered, so I can build an altar to the Lord so the plague on the people may be stopped. Aruna said to David, let my Lord, the king, take whatever he wishes and offer it up. Here are the oxen for the burnt offerings. Here are the threshing sledges and the ox yokes for the wood. Your majesty, Aruna, gives all this to the king. Aruna also said to him, may the Lord your God accept you. But the king, David, replied to Aruna, no, I insist on paying for it. I will not sacrifice to the Lord my God burnt offerings that cost me nothing. So David bought the threshing floor and the oxen and paid 50 shekels of silver for them. David built an altar to the Lord there and sacrificed burnt offerings and fellowship offerings. Then the Lord answered his prayer in behalf of the land, and the plague on Israel was stopped. So in that text, I see two things that will help us count the cost when we think through sacrificing for our closest relationships and to God. But before I jump into those, let me pray. We pray with me. So God, we, we humbly come before you. And when we think about sacrifice, God, we, we want to learn from your word. And so would you help us? We invite you in to this conversation. We need your words over my words, God. I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Here's what I see from David's relationship with God. You can actually write this on your program, on the back of your program, fill in the blank. First one is this, David's relationship with God meant not going through the motions. Not going through the motions. So here's the setup. David hears that he has to build an altar. There's a little bit of a journey to get there. Along the way, the guy that owns where he has to build the altar comes actually out to David bows down and says, essentially, I'll give you everything that you need. I will give you the animal. I will give you the wood. I will give you the space. And I will give it to you for free. And David's response, I think, is just brilliant. Because really, if we back up just a minute, he could have done what? He could have just gone through the motions. Oh, that'd be good. Isn't that easy? But he did not. Look what he did. 2 Samuel 24, 24. No. I insist on paying for it. His relationship with God is bigger than taking the easy way out. And if we slow the story down a little bit, if David would have taken the freebie, the free option, the easy way out, gone through the motions, whose sacrifice would it have been? It would not have been David's sacrifice. It would have been Aruna's sacrifice because he's the one that were him and his animals, his yoke, his wood, his place. It wouldn't have been David's sacrifice at all. 
In the book of uh, 1 Chronicles, it has the same account retold. And from 1 Chronicles 21, 24, David says this, I will not take for the Lord what is yours. He realizes that he cannot take the easy way out. He can't go through the motions. But if I make this shift to the room, I think there's, there's this human nature sin that causes us or prompts us many times to take the easy way out. To just go through the motions. It's actually all throughout the Bible as well. I, I want to point us to the book of Malachi. But before I give you the text here in just a second, here's what's going on. People should be sacrificing the best animals to God. That, that's what they were told to do. Sacrifice the best animals. But what they're doing actually is they're out stealing other people's animals. And they're, they're looking at all their animals. Can you see how this is done? They look at their fine livestock and they're thinking, whoa, we're supposed to sacrifice the best animal, but the best animal looks yummy. It's kind of meaty. Like, that's going to be a good dinner later. We might be able to sell that. And so instead of using the best animal, they use the lame animals and offer those to God. And here's what God says about that. Malachi 1, 13 and 14. Here's what it says. You say, it's too hard to serve the Lord. It's too hard. And you turn up your noses at my command, says the Lord of the heaven's armies. Think of it. Animals that are stolen and crippled and sick are being presented as offerings. Should I accept from you such offerings as these, asked the Lord? Cursed is the cheat who promises to give a fine ram from his flock, but then sacrifices a defective one to the Lord. For I am a great king, says the Lord of the heaven's armies, and my name is feared among the nations. That's a stark reminder to offer God our best. And the reality is, when we look at the relationship with God and we ask him for things, we want his best, don't we? Don't we want God's best? Like, God, I, I want financial provision. I just don't want half. I want healing. I just don't want half healing. I want my relationships to be blessed. I do not want God to go through the motions. So if we want the best from God, are we giving the best to him? You can write this down. Offering a cheap alternative is not what God deserves. It's just not what he deserves. He did not offer a cheap alternative to us. I want to go back to the three. I'll pause because some of you are writing. Offering a cheap alternative is not what God deserves. I want to go back to the three examples I gave at the beginning of this message. When I said how we can sacrifice to God. Here's the first one. I think we can pull these back up. First one is uh, through worship, a sacrifice of praise. Uh, this was, I think, two weeks ago. I was sitting on this side of the auditorium, and I heard someone, must have been three or four rows behind me, during worship, they were going after it. Like, it was almost what I would call bonkers, <laughs> right? It was good. Like, they were offering a sacrifice of praise, and I thought, oh, I bet God loves that. But when we look at that reference 
And there's some of you who are doing great at this. I wonder if there's some of you who come in during the second or third worship song and worship's like, eh. God deserves better. And what about this? The second one, financially, I've received full payment, right? The payment is a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. Some of you have been sowing, and this is not about the vineyard. Hear me on this. This is not Steve Huffman saying, I need your money. This is not, this is an offering to God. Some of you have been giving an offering to God. We happen to be the benefactor because we have a debt-free church, which is amazing, and people are plowing in and sowing, and that's great. But there's other people in the room. You hear that financially we're going, we're, things are going well, or you hear, oh, it's been a great offering, and you realize that you haven't been sowing into that, and you haven't been sacrificing to God financially. What about this other one, Our lives. Romans 12, 12, our entire lives should be a sacrifice. Kathy Smorella gave a talk to the young adults a couple of weeks ago. It's about the art of neighboring, how to be a good neighbor, how to live as a Christian and give your life to the ones around you to love your neighbor, right? Now, some of you are doing great because I hear of families becoming foster families. How amazing is that? That is a huge sacrifice, Bringing children in your home for a temporary period of time, that is emotionally, that is financially, that's just a sacrifice. But some of you, when you think of your neighbor, you're not even sure what their names are. I want us to, because I'm wrestling through this question as well, when we consider our relationship and our offering and our sacrifice to God, here's the question, am I really just going through the motions? Can we just be honest with ourselves tonight for a minute? Are we really just going through the motions? Can I step on a toe or two? Jesus Christ didn't die on a cross for 60 minutes and $20 every week from you. I heard that quote a couple weeks ago and it stuck with me. You want me to say it again? Jesus Christ did not die on a cross for 60 minutes and $20 a week from you. Jesus says it this way, Luke 6, 46. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? Doing my Bible time this week and ran across that. That's convicting to me. To not go through the motions. David's relationship with God meant not going through the motions. Second thing I see with David. First thing was really exciting, wasn't it? Are you okay? Are you good? Second thing. David's relationship with God was so important to him, his sacrifice included this, gladly paying full price. Gladly paying full price. I know this is a weird way to say this. And it actually comes from 2 Samuel 24, 24, if we can bring the scripture up on the screen. It says, so David bought the threshing floor from the oxen and paid 50 shekels of silver. He actually paid something. If you look at the account in 1 Chronicles, same account, just a couple of different things, a couple of different details, it says this. David says, no, I insist on paying the full price. The full price. David didn't go to Aruna and say, you know what, that's super nice of you for offering that for free. How about I just pay half price? How about I just give you a little bit? How about I just give you a little offering? No, right out of the gate, it wasn't even an afterthought. David said, I will pay full price. 
Now, I, the full price really didn't impact David's finances. If you look at what 50 shekels of silver back then, if you sort of estimate what it is today, it's about a thousand bucks. So David was king, he had a thousand bucks, right? It didn't break the bank. The point was, right out of the gate, he said, I will pay full price for that. I will pay fair wage, full price. I want to I make a point here. This is not a rehash of the first point. Because there's a difference between going through the motions and full price. I'll give you a personal example. 2014, my wife, Anne, came home from work. I was working in the marketplace. My wife said, I met some guy from Africa online. If you know my wife, every now and again, she has some pretty interesting discussions with people. And she said, I met this guy. He's a teacher, and uh, he's got a school, and he needs some school fees paid for these children. Now, we did some digging. Actually, we've been in relationship with this teacher uh, from Uganda since 2014. Actually, the vineyard visited them last year. It's a legit thing, right? And and so, uh, but 2014, I was like, yeah, no problem. We'll pay the school fees because in the marketplace, that was nothing to me. Like, I had a great salary. It was fine. So every year we've been supporting them. Well, two weeks ago, my wife says, hey, Jumba, this is a picture of the kids. By the way, I think we have a picture. Aww. Jumba emails Ann and uh, says, hey, the school fees are due again. And so Ann looks at me and she says, hey, school fees are due. And what went through my brain wasn't just go through the motions, but it was, how about we just pay like 50% of the school fees? How about we just pay a Just a smaller portion. Because what was easy to pay in 2014 is no longer easy to pay. But right out of my mouth when I said, "Can can we just go halfway? I felt this weight sort of fall on me like that's not an acceptable sacrifice for those children. And I had this... uh, this sort of dialogue with God in the midst of that as I was wrestling with it. And I just remembered that those kids in that community, that's, those are future farmers, future moms, and dads. I mean, whatever their occupation is going to be later, I don't know what it's going to be. But God looks down and says, that's worth a full-price investment in those kids. And so we paid the school fees. It cost us something. And when I read through the scripture again and again, I, I see this concept of sort of paying full price. Like there's, look, look at this, 2 Corinthians 9, 6, and 7. This will make a point. It says this, remember this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Or what about this one? Luke 14, 33. In the same way, this is Jesus speaking. Those of you who do not give up, everybody say it, everything. Those of you who do not give up everything, you have, cannot be my disciples. Can we just let that verse stew for a minute 
You can write this on your program. Full price is the starting point to a, on a journey to extravagant. Full price is the starting point on a journey to extravagant. When I look at David's life, extravagance is a long word. I'm giving you a minute to write it down. Full price is the starting point to a journey. When I look at David's life, we talked about this. Uh, Leah uh, Kurtz talked about this a couple of weeks ago. He went extravagant in his offering to God. In his worship to God, he's bringing the Ark of the Covenant in in front of all of the people, all of, in front of his wife, and he was so extravagant in his worship, he was risking his reputation, his wife got embarrassed. Look at this, Gospel of Mark, chapter 14. You can write it down, we don't have the scripture. Many of you know the story. Jesus is uh, uh, hanging out with his disciples, and a woman comes in, and he, uh, she sort of sneaks behind him and, and sits down in front of him and breaks a jar of perfume over him that's a year's wages. That's it, what it's worth. That's extra. Just think of how much your annual income is. Buy that much perfume and go dump it on Jesus. That's an extravagant form of an offering and a sacrifice to Jesus. Jesus says, hey, you know what? That was so special. We're going to hear about that story for as long as the gospel is being told. Even in 2019, I'm repeating that story because it was that extravagant of worship. So I want to shift in the room. and I want to make this practical, as absolutely practical as possible, on what this full price really means. We can't be full price all the time, right? I don't, if you look at David's life, he slept. There were times that he messed up. But many times he was full price. He was extravagant when he was offering to God. So I want to make this practical. How do we get to a lifestyle of giving sacrifices back to God? And I just want to challenge us. Realizing there's some of you in the room, you have the ability, you have the time to invest in the children who are in Vineyard Kids. It is arguably our largest offering to children here at the Vineyard on the weekends. There are hundreds of kids who come. And when you think about those kids, those are the future moms, the future dads, the future farmers, the future businessmen, the future businesswomen who are back in our Vineyard Kids who just would love to learn about Jesus, who would love to have a friendly face a smile, a little bit of time every weekend, and that might be you. They're worth it. They're worth the investment. They're worth the sacrifice. What about this? You have gifts. You can sing. You can play drums. You can play a guitar. And actually pretty well, but maybe you've gotten burned in the past or you don't know if you're good enough, but you know what? Those gifts were given to you by God and they can be used to give God an offering on the weekends or financially. You can be giving a sacrifice to God each week to invest in his kingdom, to say, God, you have freely given me this. I'm freely giving it back. I don't want to miss out on the 500 people, 550 people who went to 24 Hours to Love Your City. 
That was an amazing sacrifice. Somebody said, I think there were a couple of people, maybe a handful of people, they uh, went out for 10 hours. Not just the two, right? They went out for 10 hours. So 550 people saw the needs of the community, poured out love on the community. Can I challenge us? That's the starting point. Because what we saw was a city who needs the light in the midst of the darkness. We saw in the city people who need the love of Jesus. Listen, God, when he looked down at us, he paid full price. He didn't go through the motions. He sent Jesus to die on the cross for you and I. That's extravagant. And the whole relationship problem is not on God's side. It's on our side. He paid full price for his side of the relationship. We should offer him sacrifice and praise and worship back. And I pray that we continue to be a church who continues to sacrifice for God, give him the praise and the honor and the love that he deserves. With that, I'm going to invite Pastor Mark, a lead pastor, back up to close this time. Thanks for listening to the Vineyard Church Weekly Message Podcast. We pray that you were impacted by this message. God bless and see you next time.